Welcome to the Smile Strong Podcast, where women who were made for more learn to smile stronger every day. All right, today I have Suzanne Santamary here with me. She is one of my good friends and a fellow cleft mom. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited today to be here. Yeah, we just actually got to meet in person last week, which was incredible. It's crazy whenever you like talk to people on Instagram and over social media for years and then you get to meet in person. And with Suzanne, it was just like we were old friends and I felt like we just (laughs) picked up where we left off during our conversations over the internet and it was just so natural. What was your experience with CleftCon? Did you just like feel so good coming home? I did. I felt I felt so good and I felt like emotionally drained in a way that I didn't expect to feel, I don't think. I felt like there was so much positivity and then I felt like a lot of the emotions I felt in the beginning, stuff that I didn't expect to kind of be like dredged up again. Um, but I think being around like all of you girls and other cleft moms and cleft dads, um, it's it hit a lot of things for me that I just wasn't prepared for, I don't think. So I did a lot of crying, obviously there that day. Yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of crying in the hotel by myself too. Yeah. So that was, that was not expected. It was so emotional because those of you who don't know what CleftCon is, it's basically a big conference for families of cleft affected children, uh, individuals who are cleft affected. We all just come together and there are speakers and um, lots of stories being shared, good information, helping families like with the journey really and um, coming from a lot of different perspectives. So Suzanne's totally right. Like it was so emotional and John kept saying that leaving, he said, I did not expect to be so emotional. I don't want to say that I get numb to it because I will never get numb to the reality that like having a cleft affected child does to to your life. But I think that I'm around it so often that I hear so many stories, I see so many things. And like, I'm constantly immersed in this thing that is a cleft journey with other moms and families at all times that like, I was so glad that he was able to experience that perspective, because that's not something that he is used to all the time. Right? Yeah, the dad panel was really great because it you know we always talk about us like because it's you know it's hard for us you know we're birthing the baby we have all these expectations all these things um that are just ingrained to us you know from society as a mom and so dads are always left out of that agenda a lot there was some really great dads up there that really wanted to talk about their story and they all had different perspectives, but the message was pretty much the same. Like, you know, they're still part of this, this process too, and they want to be included on the journey. And it's important to ask your spouse, if you're a cliff affected individual, your dad, what it's been like for them, you know, how, how you can kind of keep them involved in all of this. It was great that the panels were excellent. I was really super happy with everything. I didn't have anything negative to say at all about the experience um, or anything I thought was left out. Yeah. I think we are the ones as moms who we have a vision of how our baby's lives are going to go, what starting a family and having a family is going to look like. And so we are the ones who are, everyone's eyes are kind of focused on us and then they're in the background. 
being a mom, being a cleft mom, that is how I felt. Like, is that how you felt whenever you got um, Dominic's diagnosis? Like, just very out of control? Yeah. Yeah. I, it was just so, like, the whole day was so hard. Um, I, I think you know this, but I mean, anybody that would be listening. So my dad got diagnosed with stage four cancer that morning. And then we went to the ultrasound. I didn't cancel the appointment because I just wanted to make sure that like, we just needed some happy news that day. Um, and then we got his cleft diagnosis, uh, like literally like four hours after my dad. And so the day for me felt out of control is probably the perfect way to describe it. But just like this out of body experience, I just did not think anything was real. Like I was just waiting for somebody to just pop out and be like, just kidding. Your dad's not dying. Your son's going to be normal. I'm using quotes, normal, you know, not have anything going on. And it's just, yeah, it was, it was the absolute worst day um, next to my dad passing away, you know, nine months later. But yeah, you just, you don't go in expecting anything to be wrong. You know, like, I think, I think that was my, my biggest issue is I just, I had already had one great pregnancy, you know, one healthy child that just came out and, you know, didn't have any, any facial difference or anything going on. Um, I know your story is different. I mean, you, you went through this twice. Like, I mean, I can't imagine having times two ultrasounds feeling that way. I think the second time I'm not, I'm not going to speak for you, but I think the second time probably would be harder than the first time. Like just all of it, all the emotions. In a way it was because you have all of that PTSD from the first experience. Like, you know, more, your eyes are opened. And so you're not going into it blindly. That's definitely how I went into it with Jack, our oldest, it was like, this is all new to me. And I'm sure that's how you felt. And it's crazy that I don't know what it's like to have that, like, okay, you went through a typical pregnancy, you went through a typical birth, you are raising your child, and then you get a diagnosis. So when all of this happened um, with your dad and um, with Dominic, was that in 2019? Or what year was that? 2020. And we were in COVID, like COVID had just, so that it was January, just 2020. Um, and then COVID hit in March. So like all of, all of this was happening smack dab in the middle of the pandemic, you know, when you're like trapped in your house and okay. like down as it is. And yeah, that I understand because Jet was born February 7th, 2020. So he was being born. You guys were just getting all of this news. And then you said your dad passed nine months later. So was Dominic just a couple months old? Yeah. So he had his lip repair, um, October 2nd, 2020. And then my dad passed away November 23rd. Wow. So the isolation, I'm sure that you felt during that time, like you talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. And I think COVID played such a big role on that for me. Um, because again, we're home and life was just different. You know, we, I did a virtual, I had a virtual baby shower. <laughs> it was so different um, than, you know, the first pregnancy. And when I met my, our plastic surgeon, Dr. Runyon, it was through Zoom. Like we did not have in-person appointments. Uh, Nick and I sat together on a computer and I had like a notebook of questions that I just needed answered. Um, they had sent resources in the mail. Uh, it just, it was bonkers, um, all of it. And I felt... I just felt 
I mean, during COVID, you feel so alone anyway. Like, I, I know that's how most people felt. I mean, if you're an introvert, it was probably like your thriving time, right? Like you didn't, you didn't have to think about it, but I'm very much an extrovert and I need friends. I need family. Like I'm an only child. I thrive on all of those things. And I just felt like I had been clubbed over the head and was being like held hostage in my home with all of this horrible information, Google, which is the best and the worst possible thing for um, a cleft diagnosis. And I, yeah, it just, it was a sad, sad time for me. I ended up getting on some medicine because I just felt like I couldn't get out of the hole that I was in. Um, and again, like I beat myself up about that for a long time because I just felt like I should be able to handle this better. You know, you should, you should figure it out. You know, you'll, you'll work through it. Like you're a strong person. And sometimes like, no matter how strong you are, you, you can't, you just can't figure out how to get out of it. But then the baby gets here and it's almost like instant. You just kind of forget about all the crap that you dealt with for months in your head. Yeah, I want to talk about that for a second because I am so glad that you said that. I'm so glad that you brought up medicine and tools that have helped you because I do think that a lot of times we just think, okay, like I need to just like grind this out and I'm going to be okay. And just because you're resilient doesn't mean that you're not going to have bad days and that you're not going to need help. Having these tools, like what was it finally for you that like, okay, I'm going to like, I need to find community. How did you start finding community after having your son? Um, I think, I mean, I started even before he was born looking on social, I mean, social media was it because social media is always people's go-to, you know, aimlessly scrolling. Like we always hear about this, but that was during COVID. That was like such the thing. I mean, look at TikTok blown up like videos. People are quitting their jobs, being influencers and staying at home. So it was just like the perfect storm of social media and just information from our team, diagnosis and all the things. I think the social media was not expected, right? We met through social media. It became like this community. And in the last, I mean, Dominic just turned three in the last three years, it's exploded. You can type in cleft in Instagram and it's just like page upon page of cleft moms on this journey and cleft blogs and just resources. And I originally decided to write a kid's book about cleft the first year he was born because I was like, I can't find anything. You know, there's not more than probably three or four books about cleft. And there's just so such limited resources. And I feel like three years later, I am changing my my tune about it. And it's fantastic. It makes me really excited to see what it's going to look like when our kids are older. Yeah, definitely. You said when our babies are born, that all kind of just gets washed away. And I think that's something really important to talk about because I see that so often in the cleft mom pages on Facebook that somebody says, and everything was washed away. And so for a mom that's pregnant, it might look like, okay, like once this baby's going to be born, it's all going to be good. And everything is going to go away. And because I, I, yeah, because I think that's how I felt. Like I kept seeing all of this whenever I had Jack and I was like, it is so true. Like in that moment, your worries about your baby are washed away because you're like, I could never love anything more. So you're not worried about connecting with your baby. You're not worried about, um, you know, just some of the really hard things that you worry about when you're pregnant. So that goes away. But then the reality hits that like, now we have to handle all of this stuff. Like now we have to have surgery. Now we have to worry about feeding. 
and not to fear monger, but more so to like, just let other moms know that that's normal too, because the journey doesn't end right there. And it, it really doesn't ever end. Like, I think that's a really common misconception that they have a surgery and then it's over or you just have to do this, this, and this. And in reality, every journey is different. Yeah. And I agree. I think like the washing away piece is more of the emotional, like you can take a deep breath, all of this, this fear and the guilty feelings, those start to subside like instantly. Cause it's just, okay, it's here. We're, we're a mom, we're a dad we're going to do what we need to do. And that's how it's going to be. And like, you can't let your fears get in the way. Gosh, it's constant questions about like, oh, he's, he's done, right? Like he had his surgery. He's done. It's like that first surgery is all anybody ever hears knows because it's the visual, right? Like the lip is closed. So everybody thinks it's over, like it's done. And it's literally just the beginning, the start of just a, a lifetime of of things that are going to be happening. When you decided to write your book, what was the process? Like, what did you want to accomplish with your book? It was for kids. What did you want kids to walk away from your book understanding better? The biggest thing was just to understand the, the process, like that early process. So throughout the book, you know, I talk about feeding the bottle, the different bottle systems, you know, what a cleft is, what it looks like, the different kinds of clefts. And then, you know, the doctors, like all the doctors that our kids see on a regular basis. Um, because again, it's not just, oh, they see a plastic surgeon, you know, there's audiology, there's speech. Um, so many of our kiddos have hearing loss. Dominic has a, a mild to moderate hearing loss and it fluctuates. I mean, we go back sometimes and his hearing's fine. Orthodontist, one or two sets of braces are coming for our kiddos. Jaw surgery is coming. Neuropsychologists, because they've gone through X amount of surgeries, they're bullied, you know, all of these things. So I wanted to include all of that in this book so that people and kids are aware. Hey, my friend has a cleft. Let me read, you know, let's read this book together so I know what it looked like for him or her early on um, when they were a baby. And the biggest goal for me for the book is, you know, I'm an ex special education teacher. That's what I did for a long time. And my whole goal was to educate. So I would love to get the book into schools. I would love to get, you know, a lesson plan. That's kind of what I'm working on right now is a lesson plan that goes hand in hand with the book um, so that, you know, guidance counselors or whoever does those social emotional type lessons in a school system can have a reference and a guide for teaching about cleft. Um, there can be like a, you know, during a bully week um, during school, you know, that's something that would be really good to touch on because a lot of our kids and adults we learned at CleftCon, you know, were bullied over the course of their life. So I think it's just really important. It was really important for me to write the book and just get a lot of really nice visuals in there um, so that it's seen what cleft looks like, you know, just as much information as I could and be kid-friendly as possible. And thinking about that, if kids are learning about that in school and taking that home to their parents, that is something that is so beautiful because not only now are you educating kids who are going to be our next generation, but you're educating the parents at home too. And like, it might open their eyes a little bit and help them learn more about cleft because we all know that the way these kids act, it is kind of a reflection of what's going on at home and what their parents teach them. So, and the teachers also, it helps the teachers learn more about what these kids are really going through whenever they're having a kid go through their class that, okay, I have a surgery, but like, this is also what I'm going through in my life throughout the span of my life and just helping people have a little bit more empathy towards cleft. Yeah, absolutely.
Let's talk about the relationship that your sons have. We both have two boys. My situation's a little bit different because both of the boys were born cleft affected, but for you, you had that older son who didn't know anything about cleft until his brother was born. So Nicholas is my oldest. He is six years old. He'll be seven October 1st. And he is, oh, he's such like a sweet soul. Uh, He is an old soul. And he's just so bright and smart, like a sponge. I mean, he just like sucks up anything you tell him. He wants to learn. He loves school. I don't know whose kid he is, but he's just, Nick and I talked from the beginning that we wanted to be very upfront with him right away. I mean, he was three when Dominic was born. And so we wanted to make sure that like everything was very factual, right? Like we used cleft right away. Like we, we, we made him understand like what a cleft lip is what a cleft palate is brother's gonna be going to all these different doctors we let him help us tape we let him like every night when we retaped his lip like he was right there with us for every single tape when we were put taking the nam in and out he was right there i would let him video sometimes he would like sing and like hold his hand like i wanted i wanted it to be that way nick wanted it to be that way um we didn't hide anything from him we didn't sugarcoat anything from him and and we wanted it to just be very natural and secondhand so that like when he did go to school and talk about things with his friends like if something ever came up which it actually did end up coming up when he was in preschool then it would be easy for him to talk about like he brought a picture of him and Dominic in for show and tell one day and it was a picture he specifically wanted this one picture and it was a picture of him holding Dominic and you know, he didn't have tape on his lip was not repaired. And I said, Well, honey, you know, people are probably gonna ask questions about that. What's wrong with your brother's lip? And I was kind of trying to give him a little insight. And he just it was like, he didn't care. He was just like, Well, I'm just gonna tell him that he has a cleft. And then he just like walked away. I mean, it was just like, dumb mom, like, why are you so worried about it? Like, I think we, we amplify the situation sometimes and kids are just, they're so resilient. They, um, they want to be accepting. And I think they learn over the course of their life to not be, you know, by outside influences. So I think it was really important for me to start their, his understanding of Dominic very early on. Now, Nicholas is almost seven. Dominic is three. I wasn't expecting like WWE wrestling to start in my house so early. So they like battle it out like they're teenagers. Um, But they, I mean, they love each other. Dominic looks up to Nicholas. Nicholas helps him with speech. I mean, I just, I am super lucky. Nick and I are beyond lucky to have the relationship that they have together and for Nicholas to be so in tune with him. I hope that always stays the case and there's not like jealousy and that kind of stuff, but we'll navigate that if it comes. Yeah, these are the issues that a lot of moms need help with. They need to know, like, what is the right thing? And I think right is such a loose word because everybody's version of right is going to be different for their family. Like, you have to decide what's best for your family and your situation. But guidance on how do I tell my older child that baby brother, baby sister is going to look a little bit different. And how do we include them in this so that they do feel like they're a part of this and they're not being pushed to the side or like their sibling is more important than them. So I love that you talked about that. We're all on the same page with the the craziness. I just made a reel yesterday about the boys and I was like, man, this bond that they have, it's so beautiful. It's so sweet and cute. And then I'm like, but I don't really get the chance to think about that very often because they're pretty much like wild and crazy and just it's pure chaos 98% of the time. So I'm right there with you. And the second child, the second child's like the one. Amped up. Yeah. <laughs> Another level. Oh my gosh. I-, I think that what you're doing, what I'm doing, what all 
of us, more specifically that we met at ClefCon, all the people there that we were, you know, grateful to, I was grateful to be in their presence all weekend. I think everybody's doing their part and then some. I think that everybody's, you know, actively sharing their story. And I think that is the most important thing at this point, because during ClefCon, they talked about like, you know, share your story, tell your, tell your story. And I think a lot of people are weary to do that. And it's important because we all don't have the same situations, but we all at some point are going to cross over with the same emotions, the same questions, the same concerns. And if there's just one other person out there that that we can connect with to get those things answered for us or to get those wants or needs met for us, I think that that's extremely powerful. Props to you for, you know, what you're doing in the community and what you're trying to do for, you know, cleft moms and, and getting into cleft clinics and getting resources together. I think it's really impactful and important for, you know, a different side of a clinic, doctors and nurses, it's very, it's medical. I mean, it, not that they're, not that they're robots, but it just looks so different. You know, I'm not a nurse and I'm a cleft coordinator. I, my role looks vastly different from what this role looked like when there was a nurse in here before me. It looks different when I go to these conferences and see other nurses in this role, because I have, I've lived it. I'm living it like I'm in it and I have all those emotional, those emotional pieces that go along with it. So I I think what you're doing is awesome and much appreciated from a cleft mom standpoint and also, you know, a coordinator standpoint. I think it's going to be great to have resources because that's always the first thing that parents want. Come in prenatal, babies here, like hand out, please give me all of the things, all of the tools, all that I need to figure out what the heck I'm going to be doing here. That's where we start. We start in the clinics. We start in the schools and just by educating people, whether that's people who are going to be on this journey or people who are going to be around people who are on this journey, the education piece is super important. So I love that. I think that we are surrounded by so many people just being at CleftCon solidified that for me that really just want to do good in the world when it comes to helping others feel welcome and we live in a society now where like diversity is everything Mm -hmm. and i think that having children who are born cleft affected it gives you more empathy but it's also really good to see that coming to the forefront it's not just it's there are so many ways that diversity needs to be brought up. And I'm just proud to be a part of this cleft community. I think that it's a really great group of people. And um, we're just very fortunate to have the community that we have. I agree. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find your book. My book right now is on just like my Linktree account, which is on my Instagram, uh, Suzanne Santamary. I'm sure Alyssa will tag me so that they can easily find me because my last name is not very easy. So on my link tree, you can can buy like the ebook. Um, if you just Google sharing smiles is what it's called. Um, and my first and last name and I'm kind of manning the ship on my book right now trying to find a new a new place to house it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I think that so many people are going to be helped out by this episode. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, thank you. 